On Sunday, we held our worship service outdoors at Liberty Park in Madison. Because of this, we took a departure from our sermon series through the book of Romans, and Pastor Josh preached from 1 Peter 2, 9-11. On the podcast today, we talk about the events of worship in the park and the community fest that followed. We deal with questions surrounding what this passage in 1 Peter tells us about God's nature. We also discuss what the writer refers to as passions of the flesh. What are they, and why does he instruct us to abstain from them? Finally, we talk about how we practically live lives that are honorable in order to bring glory to God. Thanks for joining us. This is After the Message. All right, good morning, guys. Good Welcome morning, Mike. Morning. Welcome to the podcast studio. Good morning. Oh, you sound you sound a little down today. I got your radio down voice or, or deep? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> my, both. I feel like my voice is like really bassy today. I am back. Well, it's deep. It's a little slower than normal. Oh, yeah, is yeah. it? Well, a little bit. I think I'm a little slower. My words are taking a little bit longer. To well, get out. you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you guys are aware that you know. I mean, like yesterday we did this thing out in the park, mm. and oh yeah, and uh, it was. It was really great, but it was really long. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a long, it was a long day. day. Long weekend. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't just the day. Yeah. I mean, there was, you know, lots lots leading up to it. But, um, yeah, so maybe that has something to do yeah. with the slowness of my voice. Well, me too. The, I'm there uh, with you. Yeah. My face hurts. So. <laughs> Why does your face hurt? Because it's sunburned. It is sunburned. Oh, you know, I got, I got home last night and looked in the mirror and thought, mm-hmm. I mean, I could feel it on my face, but then I looked in the mirror and I thought, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My face is red. Yeah, I thought I was in trouble too. When my oldest came in and his eyes got huge, first time he looked at me, he was like, "Dad, (laughs) what? You're so burned." I was like, "Oh, that's not good." Oh, I got to tell you, one of the worst though was uh, uh, if you know uh, Trace Bowen, so Michael Bowen's Mm -hmm. uh, son. Mm -hmm. Um, Corey could attest to this. Uh, He was he was like beat red oh, um, man. Um, on his neck and his face Golly. it was it was uh, he's got to yeah. be hurting today should have yeah. had a floppy hat it was <laughs> great uh, it was deceptive though because it was cool mm-hmm. you know most of the day but if you're in the sun you're still getting sunburned you, you know, know you don't feel it as much so literally so when we showed up so we loaded in uh yesterday morning at 6 a.m we got there at six and uh and it was 48 degrees yeah. outside mm-hmm. i mean it was it was cold and uh, then so as the day progressed, you know, it, it, it warmed up. I mean, it got into the, I guess, the upper 80s. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, so I just, I like wore layers. I had like yeah. shorts mm-hmm. on under athletic pants and then like a T-shirt and then mm-hmm. a hoodie and then a jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just kept taking things off throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when but, it got hot that afternoon, I started dragging a little bit. Well, you guys should have been in the Dunkin' booth because it was not hot. Nice and there. cool. Huh? Is it so? Is it true they put twenty pounds of ice? They in there? put twenty pound bag oh. of ice right before I jumped in oh. and smiled at me while they did it. <laughs> so, so how many times did you go in? Uh, I didn't get to. See I had that. a thirty minute segment uh-huh. and easily twenty five times. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was. They but were, you know, after maybe the first two, the first one. I mean, it yeah. takes your breath yeah, away. Right. Um, but after Hold the, the first club. two, you're just kind of mm-hmm. numb. So yep. it was fun after that. It was numb. a lot of fun. Well, no, fun, uh, fun yeah. had by all. Sounds great. And we, we raised a bunch of money for our shelter. That's going to happen. We <laughs> Can somebody else say that for me, please. The shelter initiative. <laughs> we we raised everything was free. Uh, you know, minus the food trucks, that wasn't on us. It was just you know yeah. for people there. Uh, but the only thing that that potentially had a cost to it mm-hmm. was the shelter initiative 
dunking booth. And we yeah. had, I think, um, six or seven people from the community who came in. And um, I was thankful to be a part of that crew. Um, but if, if you wanted to, to get some throws, that's right. In theory, it seemed to be really fun. Uh, in practice, it was really cold, but still really fun. I think we have some <laughs> great pitchers, uh, boys and girls both, uh, coming mm. through Madison, Ridgeland, uh, Jackson area. So they threw the ball really well yesterday. Much to my yeah. demise. <laughs> so, Mark, for those who are listening who may not even know what the Shelter Initiative is, you got like a 20 to 30 second little uh, summary you can give us? Yeah, 20 to 30 second. All right. So, as a response to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, our church has said we're going to step in and, and meet needs. We're going to care for people. We're going to run to the hurting, knowing that as we celebrate that decision, there will be people who are impacted. Um, and it also brings to light those who have maybe had an abortion in their past or been affected by that, maybe those who um, have had children when they could have chosen adoption, uh, fathers, mothers, mm-hmm. um, even parents or mothers now who are going through that, or um, uh, expecting mothers. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of need, and, mm-hmm. and we don't want to just focus on the adoption orphan care piece, which is a significant part of the shelter initiative, mm-hmm. but we want to go beyond that and recognize there are yeah. a lot of people out there that can be shepherded and ministered to, and and that's what our shelter initiative mm-hmm. is going to allow us, put us in a position to yeah. do as a church. So all the proceeds from the ducking booth yesterday mm-hmm. went to uh, to support that that yep. initiative, and that's uh, it's really great. We're really excited about. Did oh. I hit that in thirty seconds? That was great. That was good. Yeah, yeah, good I, I, it may have been. We'll write it down. Not bad for a preacher. So yeah, so so we were out at Liberty Park, and uh, so you know, obviously what we what we did this year was was a little different because we were out there like eighteen months ago or something. I mean, That's right. it was sometime last year, August. Is it was exactly August. when it was. Yes, first week of August. Yeah, it was it was very it hot, very was hot. It's hot. Um, but but there were some significant differences in the setup and, and everything. I mean, we moved mm-hmm. the stage like mm-hmm. to a completely different location, mm-hmm. and uh, and all the midways and the games and things like that were uh, were set up, and so. Um, yeah, which was much better because, uh, you know, I remember the last time we did it, the stage was, was facing, mm. uh, you know, the, as the, the sun, the sun mm. came up, it's like <laughs> blinding us. Do you remember the old easy bake ovens? That's what it felt like <laughs> it on is. that stage It is last year. That's a great analogy. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I felt fine. Like, you know, I, I work in heat, like all, I got on that stage last year, dude, I thought I was going to pass out in five minutes. I was baking. <laughs> Yeah, and this year it was great. You know, uh, Roland Hall was a big, big part of the planning and he had a, a great team around him. But like they even thought, hey, where's the sun going to come up? Where's mm-hmm. the shade from the trees going to be? And it, I'm just so thankful that yeah, they put yes. so much thought mm-hmm. into uh, stage setup. And yeah, yeah, it was Which great. is a really big deal because it's I mean, we took up a lot of uh, space at the park and in the street and to think through all of that. And where's the best place to place things? Yep. Uh, from the stage on the food and all that, it's a big deal. And and Roland did a great job leading it, uh, but also led through a lot of our staff, but a mm-hmm. lot of our volunteers too. Yeah. And I mean, they were out there. A lot of people just kind of show up, and it's there, and they go, "Oh wow, this is cool." But there were volunteers really for the last really couple months planning yeah. it, and for the last weeks for sure, building putting stuff, things together and right building. armies of volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they did an awesome job, and it it could not have happened without mm-hmm. all of those people for nope. sure. Um, it w- it was a massive undertaking. Um, so all right, so the big question on everyone's mind, of course, this morning is is why. 
Was there a porta potty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the front side of the stage, off to the side. <laughs> what what yes. was the purpose? Well, we know what the purpose was, but uh, you know, <laughs> why was it there? Yeah, I no. thought it was the green room, but somebody <laughs> told me no. Yeah, it it could have been. <laughs> it was green. It was a green uh, room. So we had really nice uh, restroom facilities that were that were rented and and strategically yes. placed in other er, other areas but we did have a single porta potty one uh, that was with a uh, hand wash station so that was nice yeah, yeah. classy touch um and yeah. so yeah so the answer to that question is really it was it was misplaced <laughs> it was supposed to be it was supposed to be behind the stage for all the band and crew yes. and everybody that, that's just hanging out around the stage yep. all day and can't yeah. really take the time to run all the way over to the other restroom facilities well you kind of felt you bad know. i mean you had 2000 people staring at the <laughs> you, stage you had to like really want to go, to the go. you should just turn around and wave at everybody during, as you go yes. in <laughs> like you, you wanted to you wanted to put a paper bag over your head yeah. Yeah. you were that. going during the service you were a brave soul <laughs> or you really had to go yeah yeah. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, for all those who were wondering, it was it was actually the company when they dropped it off. They actually placed it in the wrong spot. Yes. It was supposed to be behind the stage, but you know, it served a purpose. So, yeah. you know, but I wasn't about to move it. I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. We were all wondering why you did. <laughs> well, you know, I just have nightmares of you know it falling over and yeah. you know, uh, spilling its contents. Uh, so. Has that happened to you? <laughs> no, but I feel like PTSD I saw it here. I feel like I saw it on something TV you need once, to tell us. So it's, yes. like a, it's an irrational uh, fear, you know. There you go. Um, anyway, but yeah, so it's a great day. Yeah. So we had service out there, and then uh, and then bands throughout the afternoon. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, it was really the good. Bands were great too. They really were. Yeah, really and diverse, like yeah. in terms mm-hmm. of like genre. Style, yeah. you know, just mm-hmm. different, very different styles. Um, but all good. really good. They really were. So, Favorite part. Favorite part of the day, putting you on the spot here. Oh man, mm. is it like? Yeah, I would say the number of new faces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just a ton of people that are not Broadmoor people mm-hmm. that yeah. came through there, both for the service and for the uh, community fest. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool because there was there was one point I ended up at a uh, jumpy slide thing. And I looked from where I was and really could not find for a moment there, couldn't find anybody that I recognized, mm. which was awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was for the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. So I don't know if this, this is, would necessarily qualify as a favorite part, but uh, I think it was it was impactful to me. So at the end of the day, we're, when we're like, we're like loading everything up and tearing things down, we had stacked chairs, right? All these chairs that were in front of the stage, and I'm rolling them on this dolly. Uh, up a hill, <laughs> like half a mile, it felt like. Um, but I, I rolled past these 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 two separate families, like that weren't together, and in both of them, as I'm rolling by, just like stopped and said, "Hey, thank you." Mm-hmm. And like they weren't brought more people, mm-hmm. like they were just you could tell they were just from the community, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know they didn't know who I was, and I just had an orange shirt on, mm-hmm. and and I thought, man, that was really yeah, it's really nice. It's yeah. very kind. Yeah, I did get a lot of thank yous, intentional. Yeah, stop and mm-hmm. and say thank you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think my favorite part's a little bit different. Um, anytime that I can just be a dad mm-hmm. is a great thing, and I felt like I had a lot of margin to do that yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, just to be with my kids and my wife, yeah. and it was fun just yeah. to go yeah. on a hayride with my daughter and sit down and eat and mm-hmm. have a little picnic. It was, mm-hmm. it was a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think watching, um, especially our men, there was something about watching our men. They had constructed like a bridge, two bridges actually, to go over uh, kind of the ditch area. 
and to see them roll in on the front and on the back to, mm-hmm. to take it apart and just watch them kind of in their skill set and then loading the picnic tables and everything was just a mm-hmm. it was just kind of a neat moment to be in the mix with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all in all, if you if you're listening, you had any part in uh, the day yesterday, um, the the church in the park, the community fest. Um, thank you so yeah, much for, for you, all you. that you did. Amen. Um, it, it was a huge success, and and uh, we could not literally have could have not have done it without Much all those who volunteered. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, this is after the message, after all the podcast, and so uh, so we want to talk a, a little bit about uh, the the message from yesterday morning. Um, and, and I think as we jump in, so, you know, we, we always love to have questions from our listeners and, uh, and try to address uh, the things that, that you, you might, might be unclear to you or, or might be helpful to you in some way. And uh, so we did have one question uh, from, I don't know if she's a listener, and I don't even know if it was a she, I think it was. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So little six-year-old. A <laughs> little six-year-old girl uh, came to Josh after after the service yesterday and had a question. So, Josh, you want to you share? Yeah, and, and I think the question was honest. I think somebody put her up to it. We'll see, though. <laughs> could, could just be really astute. But the question was was essentially this. Um, Pastor, you said that that all people aren't good. I, th- I thought some people are good, like my mommy and daddy are good. And I thought, wait, who, who puts you up to this? Um, and, and, you know, it, I was like, oh, that's a great question. I'd love to talk about that more. And we're going to talk about that as we get into Romans chapter 3. Uh, and the, the question came from when we were talking about the story, the narrative of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? So it is this idea that we are created in perfect union with God. But then there was the fall in Genesis mm-hmm. 3. And, and that fall affected everyone and everything. And, and Paul is going to say this in Romans 3. That, that no one is righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Uh, and so, you know, I think maybe maybe there's a better way to say it, uh, you know, to a, to a six-year-old to hear, wait, my mommy and daddy aren't good. What are you, mm-hmm. what are you saying? That, that's a whole different scenario than the depravity of man right. and the mm-hmm. fallen, right. fallen nature right. that we right. have. Uh, but at least she was listening. Yeah. At least the, the conversation right. was there. So I, I'm really I'm really impressed that you used the word depravity with a six year old. So. Well, I figured if she was old enough to have That's the question, right. she, she the was question. old enough to hear the word. Because you're thinking she's going back to tell her mom uh-huh. and daddy, which That's is right. where it came from. Yep. So go ahead who and throw are, the who are probably like ten feet away uh, watching. Depravity. Let's see how he handles this. That's right. Uh, That's great. But well, it is it is hard. Like you want to believe in people, and you yeah. want to think most people. Almost started the Luke Bryan song. Most people are good. Like you think they're they've got a good nature. They're yeah. kind people. Yeah. You can be uh, you in some ways. We can say oh, that's a good dude, mm-hmm. but he's still broken and sinful, right? right? And so for a six year old to hear that, or a lot of us to hear that, like mm-hmm. what does that even mean? Like, right? You know yeah. how do you? Because yeah. I think he's a pretty good guy. You know, that's I think right. my dad's a pretty good dude. That's yeah. right. If he's yeah. not good, then right? No boy, wow. we're in he trouble. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think it comes back to, I mean, like in this case, you know, a, a child tends to think in concrete terms and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and where some of those abstract kind of ideas uh-huh. <laughs> right. are, are not, not quite hard to follow. Mm. Yeah. But that's, I think, the beauty of the gospel when you understand, I'm not saying that a six-year-old is going to understand fully, yeah. total mm-hmm. depravity, right. uh, but when we do understand that there is a broken nature in all of us, mm-hmm. when we get to the redemptive side of the gospel narrative, there's something beautiful there. Um, that when Christ came, he came to not just pick some of the pieces up or make it a little bit better. He came to take the dead man and make them alive, mm-hmm. like the, the broken man and put them back together mm-hmm. in a whole way 
that is complete, but mm-hmm. it's going to be complete in him and not in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that moves us into the restoration, uh, which is the final part of that gospel narrative. So it, it's the fall. I mean, it's creation, it's fall, it's redemption, and then restoration. Mm-hmm. And I think... Yesterday's sermon, the, it centered around what that restorative mm-hmm. process looks like. Um, so not only does God, because of the work of Christ, call us and believe something about us and calls us to something specific, but we are also heralds of that same message to the world that's mm-hmm. desperately waiting to hear that they can be saved, redeemed, and restored, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. And I, I think that that was the heart behind uh, where we were yesterday, being in the community. Um, we live in a world where we always get bad news. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, um, I, I believe that we have so much uh, negative, so much, so much bad people telling us that we're not good. <laughs> Thanks, preacher. <laughs> you said that to a six-year-old. Um, <laughs> that, that when they hear the good news of this mm-hmm. is what God believes about you through Christ, mm-hmm. That's really hopeful. Mm. Uh, and that was my hope for our community yesterday, yeah. that they heard a word of hope mm. um, through the person, the work of Jesus Christ, yeah. not in and of themselves, right? because we're, again, we're in and of ourselves, we're not there, but because of Christ, as we've trusted in him, we are completely made new and different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. So we never actually mentioned what the passage was from yesterday, but you know, if you, if you heard the message, and uh, hopefully you've listened to the message if you weren't there, uh, 1 Peter 2, 9 to 11, which, so we took a little departure from our Roman series uh, for this Sunday out in the park. And um, so, uh, you know, Preston, I was really interested because uh, when we were talking earlier, you, you, uh, you kind of raised a, a question or a thought mm-hmm. about just the con- connection between yeah. Old Testament New Testament. Can, yeah. can you kind of talk about that a little yeah. bit? And, um, and this comes up every now and then in our podcast, but you've got within this passage, you've got some references to Old Testament scripture. So it shows up in the Old Testament. It shows up here in the New Testament. And then we also are applying it to our lives way out in the future of that. Mm-hmm. And so the question kind of was around, uh, does it always string out that way? Can, mm. can we always trace it from Old Testament to New Testament to us? Or are there times maybe where it's Old Testament to New Testament, but there was something going on that we can't really extrapolate that to us? Or how does that play out, and how do you know the difference, like where you can look at it and go, yeah, this this plays all the way through, versus no, that was for a a time and a place, and, and we can't apply that to us. What a question. That is awesome. Um, so job, I, I think there are two things there, right? So we do talk about that often, the, the idea of, of descriptive and prescriptive, mm-hmm. right? So descriptive is it's just saying, this is what happened, or this is the, the situation. Prescriptive is, is this is the, the imperative that, that is to be followed and, and to be obeyed. But I think the first part was really important. You said, should we always take Old Testament, New Testament, and apply it to us? I think that is the that is going to always be the right way to do Bible reading mm-hmm. or Bible understanding. The, the seminary term would be hermeneutics, mm-hmm. uh, that whenever we want a true understanding, if we're trying to get to what did the author intend with the intended audience mm-hmm. of the day. So, so this is Peter writing to first century Christians who are Jewish, and if, and if you go back to the beginning of Peter's letter, he's going to say that are dispersed mm-hmm. because of, of persecution that's there, right? So to gain an understanding for, before we even get to application for us, when he quotes Old Testament things mm-hmm. or gives themes. Right. So for example, he gives uh, four descriptors that mm-hmm. are going to be thematic from the Old Testament right. that these Jews would be very well aware of, mm-hmm. the idea of being a chosen people, mm-hmm. right? So going back to Abram, that, that becomes Abraham, like God chose them. And if you go back and follow that narrative, and I think we should, they didn't choose Abraham because he was great. 
Mm-hmm. Right. He he. God, God was just gracious and chose, chose Abram in that. So they're a chosen race. They're a royal priesthood. Uh, again, Gentiles wouldn't necessarily understand the priesthood in the same way that the Jews would. Right. But, but what he's saying is you are, because of now what Christ has done, you are now a part of the royal priesthood, um, a holy nation, again, that Old Testament imagery, mm-hmm. and a people that belong to him. So, so we go back to get a better understanding. They are getting it applied in real time to, our li- to their life. Mm-hmm. And now as we apply it to us, I think it's still still right, but to have right understanding today, mm-hmm. we certainly have to have right. understanding you know where of what it's all coming from. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, because if if you just read this text and you have no frame of reference mm-hmm. for Old Testament, no frame of reference yeah. for what is a priest, what is a chosen nation, what is a chosen race, yeah. like if you read that without having context, guys, there's been a lot of hurt yeah. done by that verse yeah. in the world that we live in today. Because yeah. I would say, well, I read that and Lord's Lord's. That's Lord's word, and He's telling me I'm chosen race, and I'm better than every other race. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, that is not what this is saying. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that knowledge, right. it doesn't go that there. context. Even the priesthood, uh, it was funny because Bella was Bella. <laughs> I was saying earlier, I did not have my Bible. Mm-hmm. I had my phone Bible, but I didn't have my, my Bible. And uh, but Bella had hers, her physical copy, and she opened it up, and she had a little kind of a little blurb in hers, kind of a kid's Bible. And it said something about you were a priest. And she turned around before you started the hmm. actual sermon, and she pointed to it, and she looked at me and was like, what's that mean? Hmm. And I, and then you could obviously read it and get a better explanation. But I think, to your point, if you just pick this up and read it and have no context right. of where it's coming from and what was going on when it originally was written, yeah, you're going, wait, well, I'm a priest? Well, yeah. How does that work? Mm-hmm. I didn't Why know I signed work? up for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> do I need to go get my robes? Where, <laughs> right. where do I sign up for that? Yeah. Is that a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, all right, so uh, so jumping in because uh, so the the first verse of uh, of this passage, uh, so but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Um, so the question, like, why would God create us? And, and create something simply like to declare his excellency. Like, what does that tell us about his nature? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that God would, would create, I mean, does that make him arrogant? Arrogant. arrogant. Egotistical. Um, yeah. A yeah. narcissist. Yes, Mark. You seem to have thought about this, Mark. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Tell That's us what you What else yeah. have you called God yes. along the way? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just know. I mean, that's... Um, I mean, everything all through the Old Testament, he even says, there's a passage in mm-hmm. Isaiah, he says over and over, for my namesake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all about my glory. Um, I did this for my namesake. And here he's saying, I mean, your your purpose, I'm, I'm creating you to do all this, or I'm giving you these names, all for the purpose of declaring my excellence. Right. I want everybody to know. Mm-hmm. And it does. I mean, it it sounds like, Man, God really is about Himself. Well, He is because mm-hmm. He's God, and I He's think a reason to be. Yeah, I think we 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 try to f- we 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 feel sometimes that that what that looks like for a human being to say that would would be a sinful, arrogant mm-hmm. posture. Right. Well, it's not for God. Mm-hmm. He is the Creator. He is the ultimate. He is the one that deserves for all creation to declare His excellencies. He's the one that deserves all the glory, and for him to um, call us to that uh, is nothing short of just making it obvious he is that God, and he does deserve that. And mm-hmm. I think and we, when we put that frame on it, 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 
it's really important for us as believers mm-hmm. when we understand our calling. I think when I, I wrestle through that, um, if I'm not careful, or I think when, when we as humanity aren't careful, we can view it as, even if you would believe in God or a God, you, you would say that there is a God that is distanced from a people. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we, I think when we have a better and right understanding, it is the true God, this, this, this Yahweh, mm-hmm. this God that we, we speak of is the only true God, and we are his creation. Because I think it would be different. It, w- it would be right for us to say, you are arrogant if he did not create us. Right. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he created us for the purpose, if, if we don't have Genesis, mm-hmm. like if we, if we don't have right. the story right. of us, right. this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I also believe that the question that, that Mark raised, or you know, it's not, he's not wrestling with that, um, but <laughs> I think there are people who are wrestling in that. Paul is going to address it later on. He's going to use the imagery of the potter and the clay. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to say, does, does, does the pot have the right to say right. to the potter, don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't make, make me this way, this way. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's just a pot right. mm-hmm. um, that he can do what he wills. Why? Because he is the potter. He is the one who has created it for a special purpose, and only he knows. Right. And as we continue in our life, we're going to, to see that mm-hmm. fulfilled. So there's a great tension there. And it is, but I think it's also, um, man, it, it ought to make us really grateful to recognize his goodness mm-hmm. and his grace right. because he is the potter who just created the pot for his own delight. Right. Yeah. He, and just, we're so blessed and we should be so thankful in the way that we think about life and how we respond to him that even though he is the ultimate creator who just created this for his own delight, he's still very gracious and loving and merciful. Mm-hmm. All those things that he doesn't have to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it really kind of starts to get down to what we really believe about God, mm-hmm. how we really view God. If it, if it bothers us to think that he would create us to give him praise, that probably hits somewhere in our heart as to what do we really... Because when a human you know, is acting arrogant, part of why we see it as arrogant is because we know deep down inside, you're, you're human, you're mm-hmm. not all that. You may be good at something, we maybe can take some advice from you, but you're not all that. But if we apply that to God, it's like, well, no, he is all that. <laughs> right. all that. Right. And so if there's anything that wrestles inside of us with that, we, we, it's probably a good indication to kind of go back and go, what, what do I really think That's of good. him? That's good. Right. Mm. good question. It's a good question. All right, so let's talk about uh, one of you brought up uh, earlier, I, and I can't remember which one of you. I, I meant to make a note of it, and I forgot. Um, but the idea of, in verse 11, talks about sojourners and exiles. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a question surrounding that. Um, there was also a question surrounding um, why it's important, because it, it says later in that verse, to abstain from the passions of the flesh. Mm. Um, so who, who brought that up? Do you remember? I think Mark? Josh brought up the sojourners, and I, I I went at it too. Yeah, but I think that's a good picture if you want to. Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, all right. So again, contextually, they are sojourning right now because they're under persecution and they're actually on the run. Um, but I also believe it is a there's a duality in Peter's writing to them because it's not just you are you have left your home for the sake of of persecution for the name of Christ. But there's also this idea that this world isn't isn't mm-hmm. your home. Right. Like ultimately, big picture, you're just passing through, and that, that's what a sojourner is. It mm-hmm. is we, we're going from place to place for a specific service, but we're never settled because we can't be settled. Because mm-hmm. even if you tried, there's a discontent. And I think for the believer, it is a holy discontentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for for us today, I, I think that's a right application. We should view ourselves 
as sojourners and exiles, meaning that this world isn't what we are living for. We're living for the thing to come, okay? And and for us, I think there is a tension because you may hear that and go immediately to an extreme and say, well, no, I'm gonna go sell everything and mm-hmm. we're just gonna, we're gonna live with a backpack and just bring my family and wherever the Lord leads us, that's where we're gonna go. There's some people who actually take that that mindset mm-hmm. and they do it. I don't believe that's what's what it's talking here. I, I don't believe that it's wrong for you to have a house or to live in the same city your whole life or to have a car or a job or nice things. But I think it's right for us to hold it in tension, mm-hmm. to, to understand that those things don't define us, don't make mm-hmm. us, and they definitely don't secure us, right. um, that we belong to the Lord and he secures us, gives and takes away. Mm-hmm. To going back to the point for His glory, that's right. yeah. and He's He's good in those ways. So I think that would be my approach. Mark, what would you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's I don't know that I would say anything different, but man, I feel the tension because I went through a a, a phase of my life. I just got back from a mission trip in China, and I saw the poverty and the mm-hmm. brokenness, and mm-hmm. man, I could not even hardly function when I got back. Mm-hmm because I walked into a house with air conditioning and my soft chair and I got my car and drove around and it was just this oppressive guilt of if I'm just a sojourner and I know that's existing, Mm -hmm. how can I justify this life? Mm -hmm. And, um, and and I'm not saying that it's completely resolved. It's a, it's a continual tension. Um, and sometimes I feel like, well, I sold out to the man. Here I am. <laughs> you know, I look back on those days, and you know, and, and coming back after after that trip, and but then I, I think it is. It's it, it. There's a perspective there that says, "Where's God called you?" I don't know how effective I would be li- living in a cave or in a tent to do what God has called me here. Um, you know, it, it, so what what is what is appropriate? What is healthy? How do you? How do you find that balance, particularly in a place like ba- in Madison, mm-hmm. where it looks like, okay, I, I have set my life up as a sojourner, not as someone who sees this as the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard tension for, yeah. I think, for all of us, if, mm-hmm. if we're honest on what that looks like yeah. on a day-in, day-out decision-making. Um, well, and so. I think uh, none of us like the word tension or the feeling of tension, mm-hmm. but I think this is a great example of how we, we need to allow there to be a tension because mm-hmm. that tension probably keeps us in check of going, uh, you know, one of often one of two right. ditches, right? That's it right. kind of keeps us on the, on the path, but we tend to just want to get rid of that tension, right? Yeah. I don't want to feel it. Don't, don't want to think about, about it, it. Mm-hmm. right? But I think God, especially, you mentioned kind of where we live, and I know we have listeners probably in different places, but um, it can be easy to just kind of get into a what's everybody else have or mm-hmm. what's everybody else, you know, what are their toys, that sort of thing, and think, well, if they have it, then we should have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some, the tension may be more, well, I'll just I'll get rid of everything, and right. I will live in a tent mm-hmm. in the woods. Right. Um, but is that really where God right. is calling you, or is that just just your kind of your guilt of what I have? Mm-hmm. I think a good test for that. Uh, we didn't get a lot of time to to talk about it yesterday in the sermon, but it's the idea of the passions of the flesh. You mm-hmm. know, his next uh, mm-hmm. directive here is to abstain right. from those things. Right. But what are those? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think the uniqueness of the walk of a human with with God the Father is. They're not all the same. That's right. This yeah. isn't a cookie cutter thing. Right. So, so uh, truly, I believe this. Like, what what is something 
that mm-hmm. is a passion of the flesh for Mark may mm-hmm. not be for right. me in Preston. Right. Uh, and and, <laughs> and same, <laughs> what is a passion of the flesh for me may not be the right. same for, for Corey and Mike. Mm-hmm. And so right. mm-hmm. as we as we look to to these things, we need to understand what these are individually mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I, I don't think it's as easy as saying, well, it's that yeah. or it's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some tests, and I wish Peter would have said, hey, let me spell that out for you a mm-hmm. little bit more. Wished he would. Um, here's how I, I understand it in my life. I'm 39. I've been a believer since I was six. Probably been serious in my faith since I was about 19. Um, and so I'm still trying to sort this out. And I don't know if I'm, I'm any better for it, but I know that this is what I wrestle with. What is a passion of the flesh for me? It is something that I am desiring outside of God's providence, of, of him actually giving me that thing or timing of him giving me that thing or without me prayerfully considering uh-huh. what God may do. So, mm-hmm. so those are three things, and I'm sure there's more, mm-hmm. but if I'm just, you know, we're, we're having the conversation here on the, on the podcast, those are three things that are very specific that I try to look at to say, okay, I haven't prayed about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, if, if I'm asking the question, is this going to glorify God? I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really, really, really want it, and I want it right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would safely say that is a passion of the flesh for yeah. me. Um, and I need to to abstain from that. And it's not just because God doesn't want you to have fun, because no doubt you desire it because it's good or yeah. fun or enjoyable yeah. or or you get some kind of feeling from it. Because the very next verse is, it's waging war against yeah. your soul. It's trying to kill you. That's the part yeah. I was kind of thinking is, what are, what are those things that I know over time, if not immediately over time, they're going to uh, destroy my soul. But when you know when you're in a war... I think typically you know you're in a war, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you feel the battle going on, and I think there are some things that may look benign, to your point earlier, to Mark, mm-hmm. but for me mm-hmm. to engage in that or to think about that or to desire that, I feel something in my soul that is warring, that I'm going, right. that's, maybe that's okay for him, but it mm-hmm. is definitely not for me because there's a an unrest or a lack of peace that goes along with yeah. that. So so how does a passion of the flesh in this context differ from what the what scripture would dis- define or describe in other places in scripture as an idol or or is there a difference? Hmm. I don't know if they would I don't know if I would uh say that they were different, right? So I would say a passion is is part of our sinful state. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that the passion or the desire or the urge is necessarily sin in of itself, mm-hmm. right? So I think there, therein lies where the Holy Spirit works in the life of the believer, where we can choose to say to that passion, mm-hmm. yes or no. Right. I will give myself to that or I will abstain from that. And that is when the sinful act becomes sinful, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and again, I think I made mention yesterday, a lot of times we view the sinful acts as the sin in and of itself. We'll say, well, that thing is sin or that thing mm-hmm. is sin or, or this, this action is sin. Well, I, I, I believe that's right. Like, I, I think scriptures would tell us, but I think they're very symptomatic mm-hmm. of sin. Like, like what we are seeing are the, the, uh, the outflow of the symptoms of something that is deeper inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when, when he writes this, it's waging war against your soul. Yeah. So it's a soul issue. Yeah, it is. It's something that's deep down inside of you. And so whether it is idol worship and we would say, well, we, you know, we've we've stuck this thing in the middle of our table. And we're going to sing praises to it. And we're going to light candles to it, and that's an idol. Or there's nothing in the middle of that table, and we've devoted our life to this right. this thing because it's fun, and that's what people do in Madison, and mm-hmm. and this is all the people are doing. Mm-hmm. They're the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I 
I think passions, you could also say cravings, something that you just long for. Yeah. Um, and it's a constant battle. And, and I don't want to talk about anyone specific, but when you watch teenagers struggle with things in life, you might see it in, at a surface level right. and how they interact with people. What's going on deeper mm. is craving for acceptance or someone to validate me and that you can just see the war inside yeah. mm -hmm. and it's damaging. It's, it's, it, 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 it holds people back. That's right. Um, and, and to think, to think that I can just have this going on and not recognize the war that's mm -hmm. going on mm -hmm. and the damage that mm -hmm. it's doing and the, you use the word benign. We we think we can have these struggles, and they really are not that big a deal. Yeah, right. It's not really affecting mm -hmm. us. Well, at your soul level, there's mm -hmm. stuff going on, and that's mm -hmm. what needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And um, I think sometimes we go straight for the symptoms, like you're saying. Right. Yeah. We don't go for soul health. Oh, guys, mm -hmm. and I think as a church, not just Broadmoor, but I, I do think specifically Broadmoor, but as a church, Big She in general, We've got to do a way better job than, than mm -hmm. what we are with the soul care of other believers. That's right. Mm -hmm. Because we say all the time here, we, we want our goal is to know and be known by one another. Mm -hmm. But for so long, the church has, if anybody, if anybody ever dares voice truly what's going on in their soul, they're <laughs> yeah. going to be shot at yeah. or mm -hmm. ridiculed or said, right. I can't believe that. I don't want them right. there. Right. I don't, right. That, right. That's dirty. That's disgusting. Guys, our souls are dirty and right. disgusting. <laughs> Yeah. And so the church shouldn't be the place where you are ostracized. Mm -hmm. It should be the place where you are in love and truth mm -hmm. cared for. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, going back to, to the teen, I think it's a beautiful picture because a lot of times it is acceptance or, or, or craving to, to be liked. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also for the human, man, we're just looking for a place to belong. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Right. Like, like we, in our fallen state, man, we're just looking for somebody to, to tell us, they like That's us. That's right. I just want somebody to look me in the mm -hmm. eyes and say, hey, I see you and I still love you. Yep. And if we can't do that in the church, man, we are missing it. Yeah. I, as I look, and this wasn't even part of the podcast, man, this is just extra stuff. <laughs> I've said for, for years, man, I, I think that, that CrossFit and CrossFit models and bars do a better job of churching people than the church does. Mm -hmm. Because you can walk into those places. They know your story. You're never judged for how you perform. And matter of fact, you're going to be encouraged to continue on. Mm -hmm. They're going to, you know, the whole cheers. Everybody's going <laughs> to know your name, <laughs> yep. right? But, but yeah. I, I believe that's true. But a lot of times in church, this is not right, guys. But for whatever reason, it's where we are. We got to put on the smile. Mm -hmm. We got to put on the face. Act like we have it together. We mm -hmm. want people to believe the best about us mm -hmm. and never know the worst about us. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the craziest thing. Right. When God has created his bride to be the opposite mm -hmm. of that to know, to mm -hmm. love, to walk alongside, to encourage, to validate. Mm -hmm. We've got to do better. Mm. That's mm. good. That's good. So, so I'm wondering, uh, you know, so in the last verse of this passage, uh, verse 12, it says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, because we were going to talk about this, uh, you know, the fact that people are watching us, right? Mm -hmm. And even as you just said that, Josh, like, like we feel this, this pressure, this need to show up at church and, and to like have our act together. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder, like, if it isn't even driven by some of this kind of thing, oh, oh well, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to act honorably and all this. And so mm -hmm. I might be seen as less spiritual. I'm not doing what God told me to do. If, if anybody thinks that there's some sort of brokenness or... Oh. 
you know, like I'm not living up to that standard in some way. So right. I got to put on that mask mm-hmm. and that air. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a tension there on how do you reconcile those two? Right. Because one is I'm broken. I can be honest about my brokenness. Mm-hmm. And then here he's saying, no, you need to have a lot of good deeds so that they'll see your good deeds and glorify God. So it, 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 if you're listening to this, you could take that as, well, I don't need to let anybody see my good, my bad deeds mm-hmm. because I want them to glorify God. So right. I've got to cover up or pretend or only show my goodness right. so that I can fulfill that last verse. So how do we reconcile that? Are you just asking a question? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so for me, I, I'll, I'll jump back in because I, I don't, I don't see them different. I do see where people could see it as different. Right. Um, I think where we are in this text and where we are in the Christian life is, yeah, our our deeds should be honorable, but they should be authentically honorable, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and that is what church should be. Um, I, I do believe. Uh, the first person I ever heard make this statement was Matt Chandler. I don't know if it was unique to him, um, but he said, church should be the place where it is okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Um, and so when we come in, we have to like operate with, dude, we're all messed up. We're all right. broken. Going yeah. back to my little, my little six-year-old, depravity, totally right, right. broken. Nobody is good. Nobody righteous. No, not one. For all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. But we can't live there. That's right. That's that's not who we are. That's just what we are. Right. Mm-hmm. Who we are in Christ yeah. is we're a chosen race. Mm-hmm. We're we're a holy nation. We yeah. we are a, a royal priesthood. We are a people of his own possession to declare yeah. his glories. Yeah. But if you don't start with where you truly are, we mm-hmm. can get it twisted. Yeah. Or we can start trying to fake it and hopefully make it and say, well, I'm going to do these things and hope people, nobody really see me, but I want them to see Jesus. Right, right. I think there's a lot of fake lives that are uh, on the outset probably living that way because they truly love God yeah. and they, they want to make the best of him, but yeah. it is exhausting, yeah. soul-crushing, mm-hmm. guilt-ridden, mm-hmm. because we know at the core of who we are, we're not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think we try to designate people as good or bad. Um. Like either you're a good person or you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Either you go- do good deeds or you do bad deeds. Mm-hmm. The reality is we're all broken people who are still trying to, in, on- in an effort to honor God, we're still trying to do good deeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I can be aware of my brokenness. I can confess my brokenness and still lovingly mm-hmm. encourage someone else. That's right. I can still be broken and have struggles and show up to serve at community te- fest till ten o'clock at night, right. and give my life away for the good things. That doesn't mean I'm not broken and right. sinful. Mm-hmm. And right. and we try to make it one or the other, right? And um and I think it's this passage is certainly saying, both a lifestyle of good versus uh-huh. you know yeah. even even someone living a lifestyle of pursuing good is still going to That's right. fail. Absolutely, and I think the um, if I if I try to combine the word transparency and transformation together, that's I think that's the heart of it. Is when I'm being transparent and can let my guard down and tell people, "Here is my struggle." It's so that God, through community, can continue to transform me into His likeness. That's good. And if we're not careful, we can either hide it all so that people, even though they know we're broken, so that we can look good on the outside, or will be transparent for the sake of transparency mm. and we're no really not pursuing transformation, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because hey, I can just 
I can be whoever I, I am and I can tell you who I am and I can be real uh, and just leave it at that. And mm. I think God wants us to be real, authentic, but I think he does that in community so that together we can move toward transformation, which right. is not an automatic That's right. uh, thing. Mm. Good. It's good. Lord. Really great discussion today, guys. And uh, I wasn't feeling it when we started. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I wasn't sure we were going to go anywhere that was going to be really all that meaningful. But I thought that was a good discussion. Yeah. Well, thanks for your honesty, Mark. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's great transparency. Thank you, John. <laughs> thank you for showing your brokenness. Did y'all have more confidence in this one? Pray that God will transform well, We figured you were in the room. We, we always have high hopes when you're here. <laughs> well, like nobody had their book yesterday. I mean, we barely had our Bibles. We're sitting I had outside. my book and my Bible. I couldn't hardly hear what was going on. I was like, what are we even going to talk about wow. today? <laughs> wow. So, well... So next week, uh, we will be going, uh, we'll be back on Broadmoor campus and yes. uh, resuming our Romans series. Mm. And so uh, I'm looking forward game. to that. Yep. Y'all hang on. I know it. It's so, be a good uh, one this yeah. Sunday. They're good every Sunday, Mark. <laughs> I pray, Lord willing. I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, they're always good. I just think this one's oh, going to be a little extra spicy. Wow. Spicy. Okay. Well, Am I right? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if you're looking for, uh, head, like, it's the idea of God, two weeks ago when we were in the, the text, like, mm-hmm. God lets them go, mm-hmm. and and this this week is specific, so when we, we're going to talk about it again next week, yeah. descriptive and prescriptive. This is what he did to them, and this is what was going on in their culture, and mm-hmm. yeah. not much different than our culture, mm-hmm. but this is what he lets them go to, right. but there's a purpose, and it's coming, and, and, and again, remember, this, this letter was not read in four right. verses. Chunks, uh, yeah, and right. they're like, oh, hold on, next week we're going to come back to this. <laughs> it was it was a letter of hope across the whole thing, but it, without the, the backdrop of hard, you don't have the light of hope. That's right. And that's, we're, we're in the backdrop this mm-hmm. week. We're in the that's backdrop good. of how God lets them go. But I promise you, there's always a thread of gospel good that's and right. Jesus Christ in it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be good. Awesome. Good preview. Looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, next week's discussion ought to be good. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> Should do. <laughs> Spicy, to use Mark's word. Spicy. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you. Uh, always great having a conversation. And I uh, love serving with you guys. Man, love you guys. Thank you, guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others. And don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at mybroadmoor. Thanks for listening.